Welcome to YoCAC. I'm Glenn. And I'm Jason. And on today's podcast, we are going to talk about righteous living. So we, uh, you and I had a conversation a while back, and we were talking about things, and, and uh, you know, you read verses a uh, hundred times, and then for whatever reason, the 101st time you read something, and it just starts to make you really think about things. And you and I, because we have a history with the two verses that we're about to kind of lay on people and to talk about today, because <laughs> years ago, mm-hmm. you and I are, were at the same church, we had both uh, surrendered to the ministry, been licensed in the ministry on the same day we were licensed on the ministry. Um, and uh, we got tired of waiting. What we do? What mm-hmm. kind of thing can we just develop ministry-wise and just get going just so that we're doing something? And we latched on to Romans 12, 1 uh, and 2. Uh, within that, at the end of the verse, talks about perfect will, and um, we decided to start a ministry called Perfect Will Ministries. <laughs> That's right. And um, it is uh, it's still out there somewhere. You know, what's crazy is... Um, I think the day before yesterday, I was like going through my Facebook profile, just like cleaning up some things, and there was a link on there that was a Google form for, um, and I and I still have it on there because it helps me if uh, to just walk through things if people want to have me speak at an event or something like that. <laughs> but I had forgot that I put this on there um, at the beginning when I clicked on the the Google form. It talks about uh, you know. Fill out this form if you'd like to have Jason speak at your event. And um, something about the final decision will be made by Perfect Will Ministries. (laughs) 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 So, Oh, my God. Yeah, it's still out there somewhere. I had forgot all about that, though. Uh, We even had cards made up and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went and made the logo, I think. And yeah, yeah, we had Then the Lord uh, decided he did have different plans, and we weren't going to be the greatest speakers he, in the world of he, traveling he, the world. <laughs> he separated us. Is what he, he did. did. He's like, he no, did. no, no, no. You, you guys, guys are going to blow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, the verse uh, in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world. But by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And the thing that, I don't want to say struggle, but the thing that's really, I've been contemplating, thinking about for a few months now, is the idea behind not conforming to the world and being transformed, Right. Now, we also have to kind of put this into context and what really is, is, is the writer of, of Romans saying when he, when, he, when he writes that and what is he really specifically talking about and, and, and that sort of thing. But we can definitely go through other places in New Testament Scripture where James talks about not conforming to the world, John talks about not conforming to the world, but you have to love God more than you love the world. And so trying to navigate that in today's world is where I am today trying to wrestle with that idea of what does it mean not to conform to the world, but be transformed uh, in your mind and your actions and everything that you do. Yeah, and, and in today's culture, I mean, you you mentioned this a couple weeks ago when we were talking about this episode and what we would be talking about, and you, you mentioned... Um, Everything from social media to having a cell phone to those types of things. And and 
really, you know, I've been thinking about that since you said that that day. Just the the challenge of are are we are we being conformed into the things of the world and finding our uh, identity and our comfort and and our pleasure in the things of the world and being like the world, or are we being transformed into the image of Christ and as Romans and you know I mean I think that 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 lends itself to a, a great discussion that we're going to have today. Just what does that mean? And, and I think what is key, just to like let the cat out of the bag here early, is the context of what Paul is talking about and the words that he uses. I think really helps us understand what does it mean to be transformed, not conformed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, context is everything, right? Um, and we do need to need to talk about that. But I think. Because again, we see this in other other areas in, in New Testament scripture, though, about this idea of not loving the world and trying to wrestle with that and figure that out. Like, is it okay for me to love going to sporting events? Is it okay for me for my kids to all, be in all kinds of sporting events? Mm-hmm. And maybe I miss, miss church every once in a while, or uh, uh, I coach them. Like, what does that look like? Is it okay for us to participate in going to that are secular concerts? Is that okay for us to do? Is it okay for us to listen to secular music? And this, you have to be really careful because I also think that we could easily go down the road of. Uh, um, uh, what's the legalism word? legalism thank mm-hmm. you um and that's not what we're talking about either right um but does it you know do the amish have something you know uh, maybe they know a little bit more than what we do with the way they live their life compared to how we live. actually i'm not saying that we're gonna go go sell everything and get a horse and carriage and you know do what they do but there's got to be there's this there's this medium in between i think them and us that maybe we should be doing less of worldly things and doing more obviously for god which is always the case right but trying to figure that out as a believer i think can be difficult because we hear pastors say don't go to movies and don't dance and don't do this well what's wrong with those things yeah but when we see scripture that says don't love the world is that just don't love the world more than God, or does that mean everything that we do, every action, every thing, really has to be God motivated, and all these other things that, in the grand scheme of things, just don't matter? Yeah, and and so as we think about that, you know, uh, even just thinking through what you just said, one of the cautions, um, you know, thinking that at the end of a discussion like this, we're going to have this list of things. Okay, if you love God, you will do this, and if you love God, you will not do that. And I don't think that's the heart of the issue, nor God's heart. I'm not sure that that's exactly what he's talking about um, when he talks about uh, loving him and uh, when the the writers in the New Testament talk about not loving the world but loving God. Um, You know, I I have a long church history, and I, I was raised in church. And I remember as a kid uh, in, in the church tradition that I was raised in, there was a list of things that like you just don't do. Mm-hmm. And as I grew up in and matured and as a person and in my faith, things that naturally happen is you begin to question that. Okay, we don't do fill in the blank. Why? Why do we not do that? And, you know, a lot of times 
that that finds the answer is found in well we just we just don't do that because we've you're not been told we've always been taught not to do that yeah and and okay when I'm twelve okay I get it that that answer lands but then when I am starting to understand scripture more and we just don't do things because well we just never have or or because there's a potential for sin it can be a slippery slope into as you mentioned legalism yeah and i think that's where i think the understanding of the influence the world has over the mind mm. And uh, I know about a year from now we're going to have this conversation with with some youth in our in our area, but that's really kind of what this is all about when you really think about it, right? Because that's what Paul or the writer of Romans is saying is that your mind changes when you become a believer, right? There's a transformation mm-hmm. that takes place, and in that transformation, your thinking should change because your thinking should be focused on God and the, the, the love of God that he has for you and that you have to, uh, my ability to witness. How does this affect um, the ability to, for people to see God within me? You know, that sort of thing, right? There's so those all those things that we think about, but the world is constantly trying to grab our mind and to transform our mind in a worldly way of thinking rather than a godly way of thinking. So knowing that then, what are the things that can grab my mind and change my thinking more to, toward a worldly way of thinking instead of a godly way of thinking? I yeah. think that's really the thrust. Yeah, I mean, and that's what you said when, when you presented the, the question to me. And you specifically mentioned things like, uh, have already been mentioned, social media, phone, sporting events, and those types of things. So, Glenn, process, process through that with us. What is that tension like for you, not only as a, a pastor— but as a, a a believer, as a husband, as a father, um, what is that tension like that has led you to be wrestling with this now? Well, I think it's it's really about where my mind goes just on a regular daily basis. So if I'm watching and listening to things that have harsh language in it or... Um, you know, it's, it's hard to watch, uh, difficult to watch TV today or a movie without there being a scene that pops up that maybe my mind doesn't need to see mm-hmm. or hearing language that my mind doesn't need to hear. And every time that I watch and see those things, it's having an effect on me in my daily life and living. So if I'm constantly being bombarded by harsh language um, when I'm out and about and I'm driving or whatever, and somebody cuts me off, does my mind go to that way of thinking, right, which is, and uh, can stir up emotions of mm-hmm. anger or whatever, or do I have a more, you know, godly approach and, uh, you know, forgiving approach to what just took place? And, uh, or even if, um, you know, if, if if we see something out and about um, that makes my mind think something that it shouldn't think, 
um, because I, I am married and I have kids. And not only that, but I'm a believer and I am a pastor. And there's thoughts that I don't want going in a certain direction. I mean, it's just be honest. I mean, when we get inundated with certain things, whether it be movies or music or things that we read or whatever, um, it affects our minds. And I don't want that. I don't, I don't want it to have that kind of effect on me um, or that I'm watching something um, that I shouldn't be watching that makes me think, oh, that's what I want rather than what I have. So do you think that, um, that it's harder now for us as believers than it was, let's say, 50 years ago? I think it's extremely difficult, more difficult now than it was 50 years ago because um, – Let's take pornography. Let's just let's just throw that out out there, right? Pornography, while it was out there, it was available. Uh, it was difficult for anyone to really get, right? You had to go to special stores, or um, you know, sometimes you would go here in Sykeston that sold the magazines, like right up front, like you couldn't see anything. They haven't covered up, right? But anybody can go and pick up a magazine and go and go buy it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you had to be 18, right, to go or, or whatever the age was to, to go uh, buy one. Today, today, it's it's readily available. And yeah. it's readily available to any age. Mm-hmm. And that is really bothersome. Uh, you pick up a phone, an iPad, get on a computer, and you can have any kind of porn that you want it within seconds right in front of you. Yeah. And uh, if there's anything that we know about pornography is how it affects the mind. And it affects the mind in a very negative way. And uh, uh, I think it was Dobson did a, did a study on uh, serial killers. And the common thread was always pornography. Now, I'm not saying if you watch pornography, you're going to be a serial killer. But we do know that it affects the mind in a very negative way. And that sort of thing. And that can lead to some other challenges. And so I just think there's things out there that are, that are just so... Um, readily available more now than it was 50 years ago yeah i i think you're you're probably right on that but you know when we look at scripture and they i mean there's a reason why paul said in romans chapter 12 what he said what you read earlier to to uh as he appeals to brothers to to present their bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god Mm -hmm. and the way that they do that is not being conformed to this world but being transformed by the renewal of their mind and, and you know, I, I think we do need to give some cred to the fact that this is just a, a result of the fallen nature of man mm. <clears throat> that we wrestle with these temptations and we wrestle with sin. And, you know, over and over in Scripture, we read specifically about sexual immorality and adultery. It took a different form and a different shape then, but, I mean, pornography was a part of that. You just look at the Roman history, right? And yeah. pornography was a part of that. But to to agree with you that in that specific instance, it is a, a, a more of a challenge uh, because it's so readily available. That I the reason I wanted to point that out is because there's a tendency for us to to disconnect from that and think, well, that's not really that word from Paul all those years ago is not really for us today. And I would say it's probably more for us today than it ever has been. Yep. Because uh, Paul, it, it's as though God wrote this. Oh wait, He did right yeah. through Paul. 
uh, God inspired these words because he knew that in 2023, this would be happening. Nothing has surprised God. And so here we are as brothers, as believers, as pastors, and the tension that I feel is me trying to, to wrestle in this spiritual battle for my spiritual health and, and trying to do this, you know, have the Lord to transform me and, and strengthen, sanctify me. And then you throw on top. And so, like, my wife is wrestling with these same woos from the world. And then I have five kids, and they're wrestling with the same wooing from the world. And then I pastor a church. And everybody that sits before us in the congregation is wrestling with being conformed or being transformed. And the weight of that, right, this is why this has been such an, uh, an appealing conversation for me as I've been thinking about this, is the weight of that is almost unbearable without the Lord. Yeah. So I think that does give us... Uh, a great understanding for what we want to talk about. And so really the heart of this is tw- Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And uh, and I've been discussion and really think it's helpful. So so I just want to start, let's do like a like a 10-minute discussion on Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, yep. if, if that's okay. Yep. So so to understand this, Paul's writing to the church in Rome, and um, and the words that he uses here are, are very helpful. I, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, there's like this, this plea to uh, those in Rome, and he's pleading with them by the mercies of God, by the love of God, uh, and he and he, then he gives this uh, this call to present your body, uh, your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, and and so here's where I think this becomes important is when we look at the word that Paul uses to present your bodies. I never really have taken uh, much look at what it means to present. You know, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where we, when you're reading scripture, oh, I know what that word means. But when I looked at the um, the the Greek word here, it means to place beside or to uh, place near or in. Kind of, that's kind of the picture. So to place beside or near. So what Paul is calling them to do here is to present their bodies or to place their bodies beside or near God. Um, and so when I think of present, I'm like just like here's my body, <laughs> you know, like presenting it. Right. But but the the actual. Uh, image here is Paul saying, "Take your body and put and be near God. Place it beside God." And he, and he's saying that in the context of uh, living, uh, being a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And and so what he's saying there is the uh, the other portion of that that I that I really have latched onto over the last few years is what is worship. What does it mean to worship? And one of my favorite uh, illustrations is when Abraham was going up on the mountain to kill Isaac, right? Mm-hmm. And they're walking up the mountain. They get about halfway. The crowd's with them. And, and remember, Abraham turns to the crowd, and he says to them, you guys stay here. We are going on up the mountain, and, and we're going up to 
worship, is what Abraham said. Now, Abraham knew what they were going to do. He knew why he was going up the mountain, and that was he, he had been called to kill Isaac. But he said, I'm going up to worship. And so there's this, this imagery there of a, a synonymous picture of worship and sacrifice. Worship and sacrifice. And so when you look at Romans chapter 12 and, and Paul says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, he's saying, present your bodies in this act of living worship, holy and acceptable to God. And I mean, from, oh, that's the music. You know, I mean, you get all kinds right. of, <clears throat> I've been in churches where they say, all right, we're getting ready to go into worship. And what they mean is we're fixing to sing. What Paul is saying here is, you're a living sacrifice, you're worshiping, and you do that, you put your body near Christ, or near God, at His disposal. Right? So, to me, that raises the bar of what we're talking about here. We're not just trying to, um, should we do this or should we do that? It starts at the core with being near God and surrendering to the Right. And and to kind of add on to that a little bit too, I mean, I think you also have to put in context of the struggles that were going on with the people of his time and is leaving behind his or her lifetime of teaching of sacrifice and the Giles who were pagan worshipers and their idea of sacrifice was similar but somewhat different. They mm-hmm. were sacrificing the gods that didn't even exist. Right. And so you kind of have to take that in mind too, as as he's talking to them, don't conform to those ways of doing things. That is not worship. What is worship is you sacrificing yourself for and so um so yes. So our idea of worship today is skewed because that's our church terminology. Yeah. The other thing that I think we struggle with is we hear this and we think, as we mentioned earlier, that that means you need to do more things. Yes. You mean like, okay, present your body as a living sacrifice, and that means you need to be at church six nights a week. Uh, You need to be praying five times a day. You have to read your Bible in the morning, and then at some point in the afternoon and before bed, you need to pray. And, And I'm not saying those things are bad. What I'm talking about here, he's not trying to to lay on people to just do more stuff, right? That there's there's a this free will, if you will. I mean, we've been talking about that recently, and and we have to remember here that as Paul is talking, he's talking to the church, and he's saying to them, "Listen, you you are free to do what." you're going to choose to do as a believer, the call is present your body as a justified person near to God and worship with your body. So you're constrained by your love for God to do what God is calling you to do. Not just a list of stuff, a a religious um, trying to reach God. I mean, that's what religion is, is man trying to reach God. It's not that. It is surrender to the Lord all things right? freely and then do with them. I mean, really, it's, it's it's about the commitment we make to God and being willing to do whatever God asks of us. Yes, that's that's a, a. I mean, that's what it means to surrender, right? Yeah. And so there are some some key aspects to that, 
And and that is like does you know in verse two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Um, the word transform means to change in appearance. And and what I think about that here is specifically talking about cell phones, social media, sports, all these things. That's where the this key question comes into play, and that is why. Hmm. Why do I have these things or do these things? Are they an aside to my relationship with the Lord, or are they a gift from the Lord to be used for His glory? Right, and that's why uh, in our introduction to this discussion a couple weeks ago was, are, are these things from the Lord to be used for His glory, or is it is this the tool of the enemy? Well, is it a distraction? Yeah. I mean, that's really what we're talking about, it, it is a distraction. And I, I think if I look at that verse, I think the thing that really has jumped out at me, at me is discern. Mm. Because discernment happens as my knowledge and understanding grows. But if I force into my knowledge and my transformation junk, yeah, it messes with my discernment. And so, you know, how do I how do I know what I'm thinking sometimes and this is a whole other podcast and discussion, but Things that we see happening in the church today, I think, are happening because the renewal of the mind has been changed by the world, because we've allowed worldly things to come into our thought when it comes to Scripture and God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and we see things being taught today or talked about in the church today that are so unbiblical, but because the world has changed the <clears throat> discernment of people because of the trash they've allowed to let into their lives. Hmm. And I think that's the thing. It's it's the distraction, the trash, the whatever that's messing with my discernment. So my renewal now not thinking the way the world thinks, but thinking the way that I believe God wants me to. And how do I do that? Well, I gotta I do have to study. I mean, you gotta study, you gotta yeah. read, mm-hmm. you gotta do these things, but it also means I feel like, and, and as Paul talks about, you got to protect yourself and keep things out. You have to purge things out of your life that really are the, the distraction. So, what's the distraction? Yeah, yeah. It's man, that is. I, I'm really, you know, I'm like processing through this as we discuss. It really is such a key component to the Christian life, right? To yeah. to process through. At the end of the day. Is everything I'm doing with my entire being glorifying God? I mean, at the end of the day, that is that is the discussion here. And so, we're not talking about uh, again the the list of do's and don'ts. I mean, right. that that's so easy to come here uh, to come into play here and looking at. And churches for centuries have argued over. The do's and don'ts, right? I mean, you could right. go, you mentioned from dancing to women wearing pants to drinking alcohol to whatever you fill in the blank with. There have been church, the argument within the church over those particular things. At the end of the day, what we have to do is <clears throat> be confident, <clears throat> excuse me, that, um, that we are living for God's glory. And 
And so how do we do that, right? I mean, that's, right. How, how, do, how can we be confident? Glenn, if I were to come to you how can, and say, I want to live for God's glory, how can I be confident that I'm living for God's glory? How do you answer that? I mean, that's, you know, uh, as pastors, we, we get asked questions all the time, right? And, and, and we have great discussions, but there are times when someone comes up to you and asks you a question like that. And you got to go, well, this is probably a weeks-long discussion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because what does that look like? Now do I have to also think, what are things that I'm doing that don't bring him glory? Are there things I'm listening to, things I'm watching, things that I'm doing? Do I need to stop those things so I can bring God more glory? And, you know, to me, bringing God glory is living as righteously as I can so mm-hmm. that people can see the love of God through me, so they can see the light of God through me, because as God uses me to spread the gospel message to the world, it's not, it's, it's also about the actions. And I would almost say the actions are more important than the words that I say. Yeah. Because, you know, the old adage, you know, I can say all kinds of things, but if I'm doing something totally different than what I'm teaching or talking about, then why would you listen to me? Right. So if I say, you know, you got to protect yourself, but then I go and I go to a, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a bad example, strip bar, right? That would be a good example. If I go to uh, uh, X-rated movie theater, right? And I'm saying, you you know, you got to protect yourself and don't get beat over and that sort of thing. That's, that's would be bad, right? Or if I say, you know, we really have to have a, a loving language and harsh language is not loving, but then someone, I'm out and someone makes me mad and I pop off something, mm-hmm. right? That's that's bad. Yeah, That's not living for God. That's not making yourself a living sacrifice. That's not glorifying God, honoring God. So I think, again, it goes back to then what are the things that we do that don't honor God? And, I, and I'm saying about... You know, uh, there are things that exist that are for just our enjoyment, right? Just a relaxation, go into a cardinal game or go into this or that or the other. When those things become distractions for us, then it's no longer something that I can say I, I'm getting rest in and God provides me as a way to get rest. Now it's something different. Yeah, it's, it's an idol. It's an <laughs> that's idol. what it becomes. Right. And that's where we as believers, you know, again, and, and just thinking about this verse over the past few months um, has really just been, uh, whatever reason, you know, of course, then it makes you go, okay, God, what am I doing that you're pointing this verse out to me? Uh, what am I doing that's not glorifying you? Yeah. What, what is it that's not a sacrifice to you? I'm not presenting myself right. Like, what is it? And trying to figure that out, mm-hmm. right? So you, you, you have the, well, why is God pointing this verse out to me now? And what is it that I'm doing that's not right? Or what can I be, what should I be doing better? Yeah. And also, this is an elephant in the room for me. Maybe it's not for you, but what the elephant in the room for me is, is what happens when this conversation starts happening in my heart and in my head and, um, and, and maybe it's an elephant for the, the listeners too, but I start validating why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yep. And I'll even like, um, I like to call it churching it up. And so, um, I mean, one prime example that, that has happened before in my life uh, many years ago was uh, ath- athletics and sports on, on weekends. And, um, I had this mentality that uh, I could, 
I could skip church for a baseball tournament, for example, and then I would validate that by saying, I'm just going to go be a missionary on the baseball field while I coach. And like, we'll pray before the game, and uh, we may even do a devotion. But I'm going to go on this Sunday and the next five or six Sundays this summer, and I'll be at baseball tournaments. And 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 again, I'm not saying the list or do's or don'ts and what's right for you. That's not what I'm here for. What I'm saying, here's how the Lord convicted me on that, is I was saying that's what I was going to do, and then I'd get there and I would not do that. I was not, there were moments on the, you may not believe this, <laughs> but there were moments on the baseball field as a coach that I can say on a Sunday morning, I'm probably not doing this for the glory of God. Yeah. And it was with my attitude and um, my haste to be angry, etc. So, um, that that's one area for me where that came into play. I, I mean, I, I had that for a time with secular music in my life. Uh, there was a time where the Lord convicted me of not that I'm listening to this music and it has bad language, therefore it's not for God's glory. The way that the Lord convicted me of it back in the day was I was listening to it. It was terrible language, yes, terrible words. The ideas in the in the music was terrible. But what I found myself doing is then I would like the way I was responding to people after I had been listening to the music and I wasn't being gracious. I wasn't being patient. I found myself getting angry fast. And as I began to do this self letting letting the Holy Spirit like, okay, sanctify me, help me understand why am I short with people today at work? Why am do I something goes wrong and I immediately just like pop off a, a swear word? Right? I mean, like, that's not me. Why was I doing that? And the Lord just convicted me of, like, it's whatever you're putting in is what's coming out. Yep. And so there was a season where, like, I did away with listening to secular music. Now, let me tell you what happened. Within about six months of doing that, then I became a legalist about it. And and I would I was at that time building houses, and I worked with other brothers who we actually went to church with. You and I went to church with together, and we'd have a uh, a boombox or a, you know music playing out at the work site, and I'd like want to be listening to uh, Christian music, and they'd want to turn it over and listen to a secular radio station, and I just became so angry at them because. You you're not a good Christian. Listen, look what you want to listen to. What I forgot was that's the, that was the Lord working on me, right? That was, that was your conviction. That was my conviction, and 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 it took some time for me to like process through this. Okay, God, help grow me, like transform me, help me understand that that's where you were growing me. Mm-hmm. They may not struggle with that. And um, and and so I, I say that to say that's that's the that's the temptation that we can fall into if we're not guarding ourselves in that. Yeah, uh, that's that's really good. And I think uh, a great example as you were talking about that, and you know how much kids love us when we talk about them in sermons and whatnot. But um, what we noticed once when Grayson was really younger, our daughter. Um, 
she was just getting really sassy with us, you know? And it was like, why is she doing this? Well, there was a show that she watched. And it was a funny show. You know, it was a kid's show. It was funny. But the main character was kind of that way. Hmm. Now, in the show, it's funny. In your living room. Not so much. It's not so much funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, or when you, you know, in their bedroom and, or wherever you are out in the public. And that's not, that's not funny anymore. Right. And so we actually turned that show off and said, you, you cannot watch that show anymore. And she threw a fit. And it's like, why? You know, which, you know, obviously she loved the show. And now we're telling her she can't watch the show anymore. But eventually we saw the change back to the Grayson that we know and mm-hmm. that we love. But there was a time we had to, you know, we were trying to figure this out. And I think that's a great example of how things can affect your mind without you even knowing it's affecting your mind. Mm. And um, we think we're just listening to music or just watching a movie or just watching a TV show or just listening to a podcast or whatever. But those thoughts creep into your mind and they begin to affect your discernment. That's right. And uh, listen, everyone has to have their own conviction. I'm not telling you never to watch a movie again. I mean, I'm not going to stop watching movies or going to movies, but I'm just going to, I'm, it, for me, I'm careful about what I'm watching so it's not affecting me. Or or I think the other part is the amount of time that we spend in movies, music, sports, or whatever, right? That also affects us. So the, I don't spend a ton of time. We watch TV or whatever at night, a few hours, maybe a night. Other than that, we're reading, I'm reading, you know, listening to music, whatever, Um but I, I just this whole thing has been for the for a few months now has been just kind of weighing on me about man, have I taken that far enough? Yeah, and and is there something else affecting my discernment that I need to fix? Yeah, and there's no secret sauce, right? Like, no, like there is no because uh, what what works for you may not work for me. That's right, or what affects you may not affect me. And I think that's where we get in the challenge of legalism. I think the idea of legalism is we just got to tell people not to do any of it because we don't know who can take it and who can't. Mm-hmm. That's really the idea of legalism. I think, and you know, for the most part, um, but we can't do that because again, you're different. My wife's different. Your wife's different. We're we're, we're all different, and we can all accept or not accept things differently. Right. Yes, and with that, though, there is a, a piece that is very important that is equal for all of us, and that is knowing the heart of God. Yes. Right. Knowing God, uh, being in an, a true – I mean, that's what Paul's literally talking about here in Romans 12 is being near God, putting your life next to Him. And and so, you know, if if – there is no secret sauce, but one exhortation that I want to remind myself of, and I want to remind uh, the listener of, is that uh, the way that we can assess that, gauge that for each one of us individually, is we have to be in God's Word. We do have to. Not not in a legalistic way, not in a check-off-the-list, but we really have to be feasting on the word because that is that is where God reveals himself to us. That is the revelation of God to us. It is a gift to us. That is how we know God. And you know, one of my favorite Spurgeon quotes is he says visit many good books but live in the Bible. And you know, I I find that to be challenging but necessary, right? Challenging 
but necessary. Visit many good books. Read biographies. Read for entertainment. Read for theological discussions. Do that. You should. That's good for your mind. Uh, one of my mentors used to say, if you're not reading, you're dying. Mm. Um, but never, never stop living in the Bible, because that is where we get to see God and know God. And and, right. and as we do that, we are then, through the Holy Spirit, realizing, okay, this is an area where I need to check in my life. I need to check how am I spending my free time. And, and let's let's, I mean, outside of the church thing, like, Am I discipling my children, or am I coming home from work and vegging out on the latest thing on Hulu, right? I mean, just stuff like that where the Lord uses His Word to to help us be conformed, to help our mind be conformed so that, that we can be transformed, that we can be more like Christ in the way that we're living. And so... That would be my encouragement today is it's not about the list of do's and don'ts. It's not about um, what some pastor told you you should or should not do. Get in the Word and pray that God would give you discernment and wisdom on your own actions and life. Yeah, and I, and I want to say this. This is not the only time I've ever struggled with this, right? There's throughout my life as a believer i think it it starts right off the bat you know uh okay so i've made this commitment what does that look like and what does that mean and how do i need to change are there things i need to change in my life are there things that i need to do differently in my life and i think that is a constant thing that we as believers should be thinking Mm. Um, because our goal should be as christ-like as possible and so as I'm trying to be as Christ-like as possible, what are the things that are not Christ-like mm-hmm. and that are affecting me in my discernment and my understanding and my relationship with God? You know, when I talk about relationship with God, I, I use the equivalent of my wife. There are things that I can do that my wife will just love me for, and there are things that I could do that she would not Mm-hmm. And hurts my relationship with my wife. And the same thing goes with you and your relationship with God. There are certain things that I can do that God is going to love that I do. And there's things that I could do that are going to hurt my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And we can see that through Scripture with David, um, Moses, you know, so many others. And so what is the, what are the things? And that's why sanctification is a constant work. We are... We talked about just uh, you have been saved. You have been hmm. saved from the penalty of sin. And here we find ourselves in this sanctification process where we are being saved from the power of sin on a daily basis. This is a constant process of sanctification. If you ever have somebody that says, I have been sanctified, I am done, then uh, run, <laughs> right? Because this is a constant um gift from the Lord, this idea of being saved day by day, working out our salvation with fear and trembling, the Lord sharpening us. And that sanctification process, as as in uh, uh, the, I think it's one of the um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but I think it's the third one. And And at the end of, near the end of that movie... Uh, I think it's Edwin. He says, um, it hurts, but it's good for me. Hmm. 
he's talking about this process of being changed back from what he had been changed into. It hurts, but it's good for me. And that's sanctification in a nutshell. It hurts at times, mm-hmm. but man, it is so good for us. Yeah. Well, with that, he's Jason Davis. He is the pastor of Anchor Church in Sykeston. I'm Glenn Cantrell, and I'm the pastor of The Bridge in Sykeston. We always appreciate you joining us here on the Oak Yak, but we do want to hear from you. Yeah, if you have uh, questions or ideas for what we could talk about, you can email us at yokeyakpodcast at gmail.com. Yokeyakpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us on Yokeyak. Blessings. Blessings.